I am personally very excited um, about tonight's conversation, not only because of who I have on, but I'm excited that I am back on the platform again. Took me a little break, took me a little time off just to be able to get back into what God has, uh, just to listen to see what God was saying for this next season. And I believe that God has given unto me something that I know that will bless us all. So as we come in again, make sure that you put some form of comment in. Let me know where you're at. Let me know where you're watching us from. And as we continue on this beautiful conversation on tonight, I pray that you will continue not only to share, but make sure that you like, make sure you show some form of love and make sure that you are commenting and being a part of the conversation that we are having on tonight. So tonight we are going to start a conversation dealing with let's build. Um, I believe that we all can be able to say that we are in a season and a time where it's a lot that is going on. But one of the things that I believe that God is saying and God is doing in this moment is he's talking to his people to tell them it is time for us to build. And so there are certain so many aspects of our lives that we know that we can be able to look in and to see and to examine where we need to be able to build. And so throughout these different forms of conversations that we will have, we will be dealing with those different things and different ways of how we can be able to build and where it will be where we can be able to build those places in. And so tonight we are going to start a wonderful conversation with a mighty, mighty man of God dealing with how to be able to build in marriages. And so we want to start this conversation with this, and then we will continue and build from this portion, build from this platform and build from this way. So as we join and continue on in this conversation, let's make sure that again, that you're sharing. And as you share, as you like, enjoy this little bit, and I'll be right back with you. Welcome to the Focus on Greatness podcast. I am your host, Haim Roche, and I am here to be able to give you the tools that you need to find the greatness that's within you. I believe that when we can be able to transform you, we can be able to impact your world. I remember when I was first looking at starting my podcast, one of the things that I was looking for was a cost efficient place that I can be able to do what I was dreaming and doing. With Anchor, I found that. I found a free platform that can be able to give me the tools to make sure that my podcast sound good from edits to music to different other things, variety of things that can be able to assist me to make sure that I had a professional sound podcast. But then also one of the things I found that I loved uh, when I started to use Anchor was they have various of different places that they are able to distribute my podcast from professional places like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many, many more. Now, with this, the thing that I'm I love to do is because I might not do it in my house or might need to do it in my car. So I'm able to use record on my cell phone. I'm able to record on my tablet or even my computer. So for you to be able to do this as the podcaster, you need to make sure that you download the app to your phone, to your tablet. You can do it on an Android or on an Apple product. But also, if you want to be able to access it on your computer, you have to go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, anchor is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Welcome to the team. I want to be able to talk about this man of God that is about to come forth and about to have a conversation with us. He is not a, a, somebody that has never been to the platform, so this is not his first. But if you have never heard this man, I promise you that tonight you will truly be blessed. I know for sure that what God has given unto him to say and to talk about in this conversation will help us in any form of our lives. And so we just chose tonight to be able to have a conversation about marriage. But he is a man that I know has a litany of different ways and different things that God has shown and given unto him that can help us in all manners of life. So please put some love in the air, put some hearts in the air, put some comments in there for my friend, my mentor, Tyrone Holcomb himself. Come on, put your hands together, my people, and, and while he come in. Amen. How Amen. you doing, sir? 
Hey, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm, I'm awesome family. I appreciate being on this platform again. That only tells me I must have did something right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To be invited yes, back. Sir. That's a good feeling. That's a good feeling. <laughs> yes, sir. No, you did something right, I promise you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I'm I'm really thankful for the opportunity. I give God all the glory. And I thank you, Hiram, for inviting me to come back to your platform. It's such an awesome platform. I am so impressed, man, just sitting back, seeing how God is using you and how you're flowing in ministry and how he's allowed you to touch the lives of so many, not just by this platform, but of course, your ministry in music and then your ministry in preaching. Yes, so sir. I'm thankful, man. I'm honored. The, the feeling is mutual. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, before we dive in, I want to make sure that you, for those that do not know you, um, and uh, for those that probably are the first time seeing you, first time being able to, to hear your voice or see your face, introduce yourself to the people um, as well as some of the material and things that you, um, that you already have in, in, in out there yes. in the world. Yes, well, excellent. Well, let me say, as it relates to an introduction, I've learned many years ago, if I can define and describe myself in one word, that word is simply thankful. Mm. That's my bio <laughs> in its totality. Tyrone Holcomb is thankful. I'm thankful for not just the pleasures, but also the pains, not just mm. the tragedies, but the triumphs, not just the blessings, but also the burdens. And so my bio is thankful. But I do want to say before we delve off into this teaching on marriage that I do have four books on marriage. And so I want to make sure that the people uh, get the opportunity to get the books, Marriage Matters for Better or for Worse. The second book is Marriage Matters, Learning to Love Like God. And then the third book, Marriage Medicine, Character is the Cure. And then finally, Marriage Maintenance, Better to Repair than to Replace. Andrea and I we travel all over the country and outside the country extensively before this whole COVID-19 pandemic. And we share with people the topic of marriage. And we've heard to God be the glory as it relates to the uh, responses and the results of people getting this, these books. So I just encourage everybody to get the book. If you order the book tonight, I'm not only going to send it to you, but I'm going to send it free shipping. I'm going to include in the package some additional messages and teachings, free complimentary messages, just because you tuned in to focus on the on greatness podcast tonight. I'm going to send these books to you, any and all the books. I'm going to send you free uh, teachings and then I'm going to sign it. Now, now think about this. How many authors can you say that literally signed your book and wrote a personal note in it. And so take advantage of that. And finally, Hiram, I'd like to just say, I just started a God is Real podcast of my own where we do short, inspiring teachings on YouTube. And I'm inviting everybody who's watching this now, go subscribe to Tyrone Holcomb on YouTube and get caught up with those God is Real podcast and then we are much like yourself we're on spotify we're on apple podcast google podcast breaker uh anchor so just look for us god is real having said that brother i'm ready to get into it well yes sir but we are about to dive in and i am excited about what this conversation is going to come out to be at the end of it all um again Please, for all those that are on, all those that are watching, make sure that you take advantage of this conversation. Make sure that you take advantage of the special that he has given out. Um, I'll also make sure that we place that on uh, the platform so that people can be able to see. Again, you have to be a part of this context of what we're doing um, in this conversation. And I believe, again, that what we are going to share, as well as the books that you are going to be able to get 
from um, Tyrone Holcomb is going to bless you in so many ways. So you want to make sure that you get it. Now, I do need everyone to understand this up front. I'm not bringing anybody to this platform that I do not believe in that will be able to bless the people that is somebody that is going to be able to help God's people in any form of way. And so for one, for me to bring them back twice, I, I believe that he has something <laughs> that um, I believe in and that I know will be a blessing unto um, the body and unto everyone that is going to be listening. So um, I, this, this context of let's build, so we can go ahead and dive in because I want to hear what God has to say through this conversation. In this context of let's build, I was actually reading 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verses 9 and 10. And in that, it talks about this context that Paul is using, referencing building. And one of the things that he said in that conversation is he says, now watch how you build. And that that stuck out to me, that, that popped out to me, because mm. what it made me understand is there is a certain way that we should be building in our lives. Um, right. And so no matter what that means, no matter what area that is, if it's in a marriage, if it's in a finance, whatever those things are, God has a specific way of how we should build these things. And so I want to, I brought you one because I wanted to be able to help God's people as well as myself. I always want to come on making sure that I'm learning. So, um, so I, I also want to be able to know how or, or how do we build properly um, in these areas of our lives, surely when we're dealing with and talking about marriage. So, go yes. ahead, sir. Yes, well, you know, we have entered into a season in our life with this pandemic that's taking place and everything that's going on. One of the things, Hiram, that they've been actually telling us to do is practice social distancing. Unfortunately, We've been practicing social distancing way before the pandemic for many people in their marriages. And <laughs> this is the kind of lesson that I'm hoping that we're going to be able to not only hear, but adhere. That means to follow the instructions that God will give us so that we can build, as you say, on marriage. The way that we build on marriage is we have to have the proper mindset concerning marriage the proper mindset about marriage. First and foremost, we need to understand that marriage did not come from man. And that's why so often we can mess marriage up because we try to do it our own way. Marriage came from God. Marriage was not only God's desire, it was his design. He designed marriage. There's a pattern that God has set for us to follow. And the blueprint, if you would, it's in his word. So let me simply say, if we're going to build marriage, we got to have the right mindset about what we're building. You know, marriage is serious business. This is why you need a license for it. Anything that requires a license, it is serious. You can't just drive without a driver's license. As many of us have you know, guns, but you can't just have a gun legally without having a gun license. And so you can't just be married and not have your marriage license. Now, I know you got what's called common law marriage, but that was, again, that was instituted and, and set up by man. God says, no, come together and have your license. I don't have time to go through all of that, but let me say this. If we're going to build our marriage, Hiram, the way that we ought to, we have to understand that it's about maturity. That's what we start with. When we talk about the marriage mindset, marriage ain't for the faint of heart. Marriage is not for children. You know, Ephesians chapter four, verse 14 through 16, Paul, he says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. See, man will come to us with all kinds of ideologies and doctrines. But he says, don't be like children and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, 
He says, verse 15, but I'm speaking the truth in love that you may grow up into Christ in all things. And that's what you were saying, Hiram, coming out of Corinthians when you talked about building. He says you need to grow up. That's building. That ain't tearing down. That's building up. He says that you must grow up into who? Christ. Into him in all things. Verse 16 says, for whom the whole body filled together, joined together, and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part making increase that's what we're trying to do in marriage in the body unto the edifying of itself together now i read that as a foundational text but now let me take off with this particular thought if our marriage is going to be built the way it's supposed to be built if it's going to be properly put together then we have to deal with a four letter dirty word in marriage yeah i said that if our marriage is going to be the way it's supposed to be then we're going to have to understand there's a four letter dirty word that we all going to have to come across and let me tell you what that word is work <laughs> it's work yeah, yes, yeah, yeah exactly yes, I don't know where y'all minds was, but let me tell you what the scripture was. Because again, verse 16 says every joint has to supply. The husband and the wife have to do their part. He says, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part before you have an increase. And the problem with a lot of people is when they get married, they don't want to go to work. They typically get married so they can work less. They think, well, if I get a spouse, I don't have to work as hard. But no, we're better together. The greatest challenge that we'll ever face in our marriage, Hiram, and to all my brothers and sisters that's listening, please hear this. The greatest challenge that we will ever encounter is maturity. That's why Paul said, I'm speaking the truth in love that we may grow up. Now, Paul wasn't talking to the children's church and he made that statement. He was talking to some grown folk. He was talking to some adults. See, yes, when you sir. talk about maturity and marriage, many people, they romanticize marriage this way. They say, let's get married so we can grow old together. Okay, I, I understand where you're coming from, but listen, let me tell you, later for that because growing old together takes absolutely no work no work right now before we get off this podcast we would have all grown old together because all it takes to grow old together is to keep inhaling and exhaling so marriage is not about growing old together but rather it's about growing up together we got to grow up, Hiram. And, yeah. and, and many people, the reason why they struggle in their marriage is because they don't understand that the strategy is let's grow up. I can put two pieces of fruit on this desk right here. And those two pieces of fruit, they'll never touch. And I guarantee they won't talk to each other, but they will grow old together. <laughs> I can put them on this table, they won't talk, they won't touch, but they will grow old together. But the question is, do you want to just grow old together? Because if so, then you're going to grow mold together. And a lot of people, they dealing with marriage mold. And God don't want us to have marriage mold. He want us to not grow old. That's the byproduct. If we do it right, right, we're going to grow old together. But he says, but when you put your work in, you understand you got to grow up together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I think about a good marriage, what does it take to have a good marriage? 
Many people would answer that first and foremost, well, it takes communication. Some would say, well, it takes consideration. After hearing what I just said, people would say, well, isn't it cooperation? Well, whether it's consideration, communication, cooperation, or any other of those Asians, <laughs> the truth of the matter is, if you want to have a good marriage, you got to be a good person. Yeah. And oftentimes, yeah. that's what we don't consider is really self-improvement. When we get married, we always looking at our spouse. We're always grading their paper. We're always trying to see if they're hitting the mark, if, if they're pleasing us. However, if you want to have a good marriage without question, you have to make it up in your mind. I'm going to be a good person. And a good person, they want to be mature. A good person want to grow up. See, if we're not good people, we want to play around all the time, you know, and I tell people all the time, you know, marriage is not just a merry-go-round. People want to just have fun, 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 and don't want to go through any trials or any tribulations. Listen, if you got married just to have fun all the time, you should have went and got you a season past the Six Flags. <laughs> if that's all you was in it for, you just was trying to have fun every day. Right. You know, go get you a season pass to an amusement park. But when you yeah. get married and you want to build up your marriage, you're going to have to be a good person. You're going to have to put your work in. Now, Paul said this, Hiram, again. Paul said in verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 4, but I'm speaking the truth in love. Now, that sets the tone for how we build our marriages. What do I mean? We need truth and we need love. Again, we need what? Truth and we need love. Now, truth without love, that's brutality. Love without truth, that's hypocrisy. Now, if you got a marriage and you got no truth or no love, that's calamity, meaning it's destined to fail. But now, if you got truth and love, that's maturity. And that's what we're looking for, marriage maturity. We want to grow up. When we mature, we understand this concept. This becomes our mantra, my brothers and my sisters. We're better together. We're better together. To say we're better together is to understand neither one of us can do what both of us can do because we're better together. This is what Ecclesiastes chapter 4, Solomon tells us that two are better than one. That's what he's talking about. We're better together. Neither one of us can do what both of us can do. And then when you understand neither one of us can do what both of us can do, you come to realize, listen, along with God, we're all we got. This is why the Bible says when a man marries his wife, the two shall cleave and he should leave his father and his mother. And a lot of people struggle in marriage, Hiram, because they don't want to cleave because they know they got to leave. They got to leave friends. They got to leave family. And it don't mean you ignore your friends and you ignore your family, but you put emphasis in your marriage. You have this mindset. We're all we got. But that's okay, because we're all we need. See, now when you understand we all we got, and that's all right because we're all we need, us plus God, then you can build. Now you're ready to build. Yeah. But, you know, I was, I was, I was putting some floors in my house some years ago, Hiram. Mm -hmm. And while I was putting some floors in my house, my wife began to ask me questions. Well... Tyrone, do you know how to put the floors in the house? <laughs> well, Tyrone, what are you going to do first? 
well, well, Tyrone, what, do you have the right tools? And you know what I had to do? I had to say, honey, listen, here's some money. You need to go shopping, <laughs> take the kids out. Why? Because I got a bill. And see, I can't build if I got to answer all these questions. Right. Now, why do I say that? When the husband and the wife get together, it's time to build. But you got mom and dad asking questions. You got siblings and cousins and, and, and uh, other people that's related. Why so-and-so doing this? And why such-and-such such said that? And, and you're yeah. talking to everybody else instead of talking to your spouse. And too often we think we praying when we really complaining. And so what we have to do is get other people out of the business right? so right. we can start building. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and so yes, he sir. says, we will speak the truth in love. So the very first thing that we need to understand, Hyrule, is we need truth. Yeah. And a lot of marriages, and if you're not married and you and you tuning in, I'm thankful that you are. Because the greatest stipulation that you need to be looking for even before love is truth. Yeah. You need a person that can be truthful. You know, Acts chapter 6, when it came time to choose the deacons, this is what Peter said. Go out there and choose men with an honest report, full of the Holy Ghost. But now don't move so fast because he says, go out there and choose men with an honest report. What does that mean? See, when I was going to school, I wasn't doing a lot of study. I wasn't doing a lot of homework. And so when it came time to get my report card, man, I was bringing home some bad grades. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what I did? I would try to change my E to a B. <laughs> and, and so I was changing my report. And I would bring it home to my mother. And my mother was hip to the game, man. She would look at my right, report right. and she would say, Tyrone, I know you. This ain't your report. And what God is saying, see, you don't have to have a squeaky clean background. You don't have to have the best report. Right. All you need is an honest one. Too often in marriage, we can't be honest with one another. And my wife, she taught me this. My wife often says, let's be honest with each other while we're together so we can trust each other when we're apart. Wow. That's good. And, come that on. Good. And too often, if I'm lying to you inside the house, about minuscule stuff, little stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, did, who, did you do this? Did you fix that? Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, yeah, 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 I, I did. Knowing you're lying, but if you won't lie to me about something as small and, and minute as this, then how can I trust you when you're not around me? And so it's so important that we have integrity. You know, there was a time in court, I don't know if they still do this, but there was a time, Hiram, in court when they brought a witness in. And before the witness can testify, now the witness saw what took place. The judge didn't see it. The lawyers didn't see it. The jurors didn't see it. We bring the witness in because the witness was there. But before we let the witness speak, do you know what they say? Put your hand on the Bible and swear. Swear what? Do you swear to tell the truth? Now, that's yeah. dealing with the lie of commission, meaning the lie is always on. Do you know how profound that oath is? In essence, they're saying, if we don't swear you to tell the truth, you're going to start lying. It's wow. called the lie of commission. Commission means something is working. They're saying the lie is working. So they got to say, do you swear to tell the truth? That's the lie of commission. But then they say the whole truth. That's dealing with the lie of omission. Meaning some of us, we tell half-truths. We right. like to leave some stuff out. <laughs> so they say, do you swear to tell the truth? Yeah, the whole truth. But then they say, in nothing but the truth. 
Now, what is that talking about? The lie of addition. See, I used to be guilty of that. That's called, you know, fabricating. That's called exaggerating the truth. Right, right, and they right. say, listen, give us the truth, the whole truth, but listen, nothing but the truth, but here is the punch. So help you God. In essence, the oath concludes with you need God's help just to tell the truth. Now, if you need God's help just to tell the truth, you know we need his help to live it. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Yes, sir. We no, need we his help, Kyrie. Yeah. Yes, sir. No, we do. Yeah. Yes, we we do. need his help to live the truth. When you talk to certain people, they rather plead the Fifth Amendment rather than live by the Ninth Amendment. <laughs> or the Ninth Commandment, I should say. And the Ninth Commandment was thou shalt not cheat. And, and people, or thou shalt not lie, bear false witness. And, right. and, and people, they would rather plead the Fifth Amendment, meaning I'm not saying a word rather than living by the ninth commandment of God. The ninth commandment was thou shalt not lie. Mm. God thinks so highly of lying that he put it in his 10 commandments. And so it's so important, my brother and my sisters, for us to understand this. You know, when I think about the truth, I can't help but to think about when we get married, we we gain the a and d and and in grammar it's a conjunction that allows us to function that a and d it comes between you and me right. meaning i'm not just a man no more it's tyrone and andrea it's hiram and jamila you're not single no more yeah. you get the a and d and that conjunction allows you to function but now when you go home and you're truthful with each other that a and d it then becomes converted or inverted or inside out let me explain it this way because i know this can become deep let me explain it this way this shirt that i'm wearing right now hiram it has nice pretty patterns on it when i bought the shirt i can only see it from the outside but when i got the shirt home i got intimate with the shirt I started washing it, taking it to the cleaners, meaning I can now see the tags on the inside. I saw stitching on the inside. Now, I didn't check the stitching on the inside right. when I bought it in the store. Right. When you meet your spouse, all you see is the outside. But when you get home, you start seeing idiosyncrasies. You start seeing and finding deficiencies. You start seeing some stitching is what I'm saying. Right. You start seeing some stuff that tell you dry clean only, right. right? Well, guess what? You now see the inside of your spouse, but that shouldn't make you all of a sudden upset. That's what you wanna see. You want honesty. You want transparency. You wanna see the inside. Yeah. But now that you see the inside, watch this. That A and D, it becomes the DNA. It flips just like that shirt. <laughs> so you started off with the A and D, but when you get intimate, now we got the same DNA. Come yes, on, sir. we got the yes, same sir. genetic yes, makeup. Yes, the Bible yes, says sir. the two becomes one, my friend. So mm -hmm. now the D stands for we got the same destiny. The mm -hmm. N stands for we got the same necessities. Mm -hmm. Your needs are my needs. And the A, it stands for we make up the same now ancestry. You're, you're the patriarch and I'm the matriarch of our family tree. <laughs> All we talk about is you got to be truthful. Let, I'm, I want to hit this other point, Hiram. Yes, sir. And, mm -hmm. and, and move on because I'm going to get some folk upset with me just hammering home this truth. But I got to tell the story. <laughs> if you know me, you know I like to tell those stories. Yes, sir. This yes, mother sir. got upset because her son came home from a school field trip at the swimming pool without mm -hmm. his towel. So the mother called the school up and spoke to the, to, to the teacher and she was so irate. And she said, somebody stole my son's towel at that pool. And the teacher said to the mother, I apologize 
for the misfortune. She says, but ma'am, can you describe the towel to me? And the mother said, yeah, it had uh, Marriott Hotel written on it. <laughs> see, see, the problem with many of us is we want to hold everybody else accountable to being honest, but we don't want to be honest ourselves. And if we're going to get upset because somebody else ain't being truthful, we better right, make sure right. we walk the line of truthfulness ourselves. Having said that, he said, I'm speaking the truth in love. And so that, that next step, that next component mm -hmm. that we have to build on is love. You got to have love. Re remember this, family. Remember this. Life gives us time, but love gives us meaning. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Say that again, Tyrone. Say that again. Life <laughs> gives us time, mm -hmm. but love is what gives us meaning. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are married, but they got no meaning. A lot of people, they are living, but they have no meaning. This is why people ask, what is my purpose? See, if you got love in your life, then you got purpose in your life. Right, right. But if you don't have love, all of a sudden life has lost its meaning. And many of us, we misappropriate love. Uh-oh, buckle up. Buckle up, family. I'm going to have to explain that statement. Many of us, we misappropriate love. Yes, Why do I say that? Now, before I tell you this, I'm going to let you know right off the bat, I'm embarrassed to say it. I'm embarrassed to say what I'm about to say. But can I say it, Hyrule? Yes, sir, please do. Okay, you brought me on to say it, so I'm yeah. going to say it. <laughs> We're supposed to love people and use things. Mm. Simply put, I said I'm embarrassed because we should know that. However, yeah. many of us, we misappropriate love. We're supposed to love people and use things. However, if we're honest, many of us love things and we use people and if the lord by his spirit don't shake us up and wake us up then we will love things and use people and it gets worse we start using people just to get more of the things we love so now i don't care if you got to work one job two jobs over time out of town just show me the money why i want my things and if you in a marriage and all you're doing is arguing about things that's why your marriage can't build right 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 see you gotta love people and use things but watch this oftentimes we go down the wrong path we start loving things and using people. Then we start using people to get more of the things we love, but that ain't even rock bottom. Can I tell you what rock bottom is? Can I tell you what the real tragedy is? The things that we love never love us back. Oh my God. I love my car. Well, your car don't love you. <laughs> I just love my house. I love my house. Well, listen, we got smartphones, we got smart cars, we got smart homes, but none of that smarts come with a heart. I can come That's pick true. up your car right now, Hyrum, and drive off with it, and your car won't even call you and say, Hyrum, Hyrum, I miss you. I mean, he's driving me all over the place, Hyrum. As long as I put gas in that car, yeah, that car gonna be all right. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so people, they really are missing it. Right. Come on, yeah. people. Listen to me. If you're listening, get this word out to somebody. If, if for no other reason, for the point I just made. What am I talking about here? We got to love people and use things for what they... This Zoom that we on tonight. Thank God for, for Zoom and thank God for this podcast. But don't love it. Just use right. it. That's all. Just use the doggone thing and get out of the business of loving things. You know, John 3.16. John 3.16. It is the Mona Lisa of scriptures. Mm -hmm. It is Buckingham Palace, the Eiffel Tower, all rolled up in one. Why do I say that? 
because whenever you go to different places in the world, there are certain landmarks you have to stop and see. If you're in New York, you want to see the Empire State Building, maybe the Statue of Liberty. If you go to Philadelphia, you're talking about the Liberty Bell. You know, if you go to Paris, of course, you want to see the Eiffel Tower. If you visit London, you say, I got to go and see Big Ben or Buckingham Palace. If you go in God's word, you got to go to John 3.16. You don't have to be saved. And somehow in life, you've heard, for God so loved the world. Whosoever believe in him shall have everlasting life. John 3.16. Now, the reason why we have to go to John 3.16, Hiram, is because it's the hinge that the rest of the books of the Bible rest upon. Every other verse, every other book in the Bible, it's the door. But John 3.16 is the hinge. And if you remove the hinge, the door falls. And the reason why John 3.16 is so profound is it because it talks about God's love. It tells us who God loves. God so loves the world. It tells us how God loves. He gave. He sacrificed. He bankrupt heaven. He gave his only begotten son. It tells us why God loves. But, or rather, it doesn't tell us why he loves. And that's the point. It tells us who he loves and how he loves, but it omits, it leaves out why he loves. And the reason why John 3.16 doesn't include the why is because the minute you put the why, it's no longer love. It becomes lust. So you can tell a person, I love you because, and the minute you add that because, it's no longer love. I love you because you're beautiful. Well, what if I'm ever in an accident and I lose my beauty? Some people tell you, I love you because of your figure. And then all of a sudden I have three kids and I don't have that figure no more. You want to stop loving me? Right, right, right. And yeah. so you can't add a why because the why, it only expresses what I'm in, in it for. And this is why we say God's love, Hiram, it's unconditional love. God loved us while we were sinners, while we were saturated, soaking in our sin. God loved us. Yeah. Yeah. I've been saying lately, God, he decided to be born, Ira, mm -hmm. so he could just say, I'm with you. Yeah. He could have stayed in heaven, but he says, no, I'm going to be born just so I can tell you I'm with you. But then after he was born, he could have ascended back into heaven and that been it. But he decided to die. Yeah. He didn't have to die, but why did he die? Because he wanted to tell us, I'm with you all the way. No matter what, I'm with you. So whatever it is you're going through right now, God says it ain't worse than that cross. And if I stuck around to go through that cross, God says I'll stick around to see you out of your condition, your predicament. You know, there was a, a professor, Hiram, and he spent 30 years of his life in the university teaching on the subject of love. That's all he taught on was love. And then he finally retired. And when he got home, his wife gave him his first honeydew chore. She said, honey, you've been promising to go out there and fix that driveway for years. And he said, okay. He went out there and got him some fresh cement. And he began to pour that cement, and he was flattening that cement out in front of the house. And all of a sudden, the neighborhood kids, they came rushing by, and they ran through his wet cement with the dog. And the man jumped up, and he started screaming and cussing and using all kinds of foul words to those kids. And his wife came out, and she said, honey, she said, what in the world are you doing? She said, you spent 30 years teaching on love. She said, why would you act like that? And he responded by saying, woman, 
He said, that was love in the abstract. He said, but this is love in the concrete. <laughs> See, many of us, we want to talk about love. We want to yes, preach sir. sermons on love. We want to write books about love. But can you all of a sudden have love in the concrete? That's what marriage is. Marriage yes, really shows us, family, are we in love? Do we know how to operate in love? I want to finally say that when you talk about speaking the truth in love, you can't go by way of truth. You can't pass by love without taking the pathway of humility. If we don't hear nothing else, Hiram, we got to hear that. Yes, sir. I read, a, I read a billboard many years ago, and this is what it read. Anger will get you in trouble, but pride will keep you there. Wow. Yes, sir. Anger this is good. will get you in trouble. The Bible says be angry, but sin not. Mm -hmm. Anger mm -hmm. will get us in trouble, but it's pride that makes us stay right there. It's mm -hmm. pride that causes us to dig our feet down in the trenches and say, I'm going to hold my ground. I'm going to stand on my convictions. And humility is what we need. Humility has a way of saying, I'm not always right. My way is not yeah. the perfect way. And so we have to be able to watch this family. We got to have humility. And by humility, this is what we understand. When I get married, if you're not married, have this mindset going in. If you are married, make this correction. If you are married, you got to have this mindset. I don't get to decide who my spouse is. I get to discover who my spouse is. That's good. Can I That's say that good. again, Hiram? Yes, please. I don't get to decide. See, pride makes me think I get to decide. In other mm -hmm. words, when I marry you, I want to change you. Right, I want right. you to act like this. I want you to talk like that. I want you to look like this. All of a sudden, it's like we're Dr. Frankenstein creating a monster. And, 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 and that's what you end up with when you try to take your husband and, and mold him and shape him into your image. When you take your wife and try to change her up and make her act like this or conduct herself in that way. It was God who said, let us make man in our image. And whenever we try to take our spouse and make our spouse in our image, we're saying, I'm God. And that's pride to ever right. think you're God. So you got to take this pathway of humility. Do you know when Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant? The Bible says he sought to put her away privately. Now, listen, before we close out, people of God, hear me. Many of us, we've put our spouses away privately. We ain't told them that we put them away. We ain't went and got the divorce papers yet. We just put them away privately. Why? Because when Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant, this is what the bottom line was, Hiram. He said, you carrying something I didn't give you. I didn't put that in you. And because wow. that's not mine and because that's not me, he says, I'm going to put you away privately. But then God had to come to Joseph in a dream. And God said to Joseph, no, that which she's carrying is from me. My Holy Spirit is up on her. He says, still marry her. What God wants you to hear tonight, I don't care who you are. I don't care what office you stand in. I do not care because the devil is tearing up so many marriages because we won't humble ourselves. Yeah. God wants you to know what you're seeing in your spouse. You say, well, that, I didn't do that. We argue with each other. Why would you do that? I would never do that. Why would you say that? I would never say that. Why do you think like that? I don't think like that. Well, I'm not you <laughs> surprise yes sir
<laughs> if you wanted yes, you, you should have stayed single. You married me because you knew I was a separate person. Mm -hmm. So why would you spend the rest of our life together trying to modify my moods, trying to change my character, trying to transform my thinking? He says, no. God says, that's my child, Joseph. And what's in Mary? I put it there. God is saying to us, what's in your spouse? God said, that's his business. You just be patient. Let patience have her perfect work. Just keep believing God that it's going to work out. And if you understand this piece on humility, this is, this is where I leave it, Hyrule. The Bible says that Jacob and Rachel, they were riding to Bethlehem. And Bethlehem is the house of bread. They were riding to Bethlehem, and Rachel was pregnant with their son, Benjamin. And you know what the name Benjamin means? Benjamin means son of my strength. So in essence, they were riding to Bethlehem in their own strength. And the Bible says Rachel didn't make it. She died on the way. Many people are trying to get to satisfaction. They're trying to make it to Bethlehem, but they're trying to do it in their own strength. And they're dying. Man, we got carcasses out here lying in the street. We got marriage murders taking place. People are dying every day because they're trying to do it in their own strength. But now, I love this. I said Jacob and Rachel rode to Bethlehem. And they had who? Benjamin, Benjamin. in them. But now we find another couple. Centuries later, that couple's name was Joseph and Mary. And the Bible says they went to Bethlehem too. They went to the same place. But now they was carrying a child. And the child's name was Jesus. And Jesus, his name means he saves us. So in essence, if you want to ride, ride with God. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, he sir. is your true yes, ride or die. God is your yes, ride or die. And if you ride with God, Mary, she made it to Bethlehem. Why? Because they was carrying God on the inside. Rachel didn't make it because they was carrying Benjamin, the son of their strength. So in closing, Hiram, that's pretty much if we're going to build our marriages, if you're going to build your relationships, do what Paul said in Ephesians 4, 15 to 16, speaking the truth in love that we may grow up. We need the truth. We have to express the love. I want to say thank you for listening today to the Focus on Greatness podcast. My hope and desire is that this was helpful to you. It gave you the tools that you needed to be able to continue to find the greatness that's within you. Thank you again for joining me and continue to be a part of this greatness family. Talk to you later.